0: This is Isse Cosette, and you are listening to Isse's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we are so glad you're here. And today we have another wonderful guest um, here to share her story and what she's doing in Puerto Rico now that she's back, Miss
1: Kimberly Figueroa Calderon. Hey,
0: you know, <laughs> and turn up, turn up, turn up. I'm so excited uh, to have you here to be able to just, you know, represent. Not only just for the Afro-Latinx community, but also just to continue to just bring voice and awareness of what's happening here in Puerto Rico. So to tell the world, just a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm Afro-Latina, Afro-Puertorriquena, and um, I'm 29 years old. I'm part of a group that is called Colectivo Hile, that's a group of majority women which work for anti-racism, um, anti-colonialism, um, community organization, and other things that work with the um, social justice. And um, that's my main work right now. But also, I collaborate with the Revista Étnica, this magazine who works for the recognition of the Afro-Latin people and the Afro-Caribbean people too. I also do like a lot of other things, but that's like, what, my don't two. That? <laughs> yeah, that's my two main things that I'm doing right now.
0: I know when I first met you, it was actually at a Colectivo event because you like came and got me because I was living here, here, here in Pedras. Yeah. And we were able to celebrate. And I know when you came back, you were just straight back into the organization movement and getting back to work. Was that the reason why you came back?
1: Um, well, I'll, when I met you, I was part of the Colectivo but not in an active okay. way it was like going to the activities and being like a supporter
0: yeah
1: and and then i left because i was like kind of bored of what i was doing i was doing um as a secretary in a government um office which it was cool about the payment but it was not like i want to do for my life you know yeah. so i got bored and i always said that i i don't need to stay in one place yeah so i Let's see what's happened so I I went to Philadelphia and I went to work with the elderly that um, couldn't pay for the services it was mostly Latin people so I was doing that for two years over there and then the hurricane came to Puerto Rico and all of my family was here oh, yeah. and um, my parents were safe in my family but I mean it was like a shock for me yeah. because I couldn't I couldn't know about them for like maybe one week two, yeah. week, two weeks and I was watching everything on the TV and I was it was a chaos. So I decided to get back on December and uh, I was supposed to get back on October but my dad told me like don't come here because okay. you're, you're not going to be comfortable yeah. and uh, I should wait until December so I came on December to be with my parents mostly. Okay, life the, happens. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I mean, I'm pausing because uh, these women of the colectivo are like magic, you know. Yeah. And I was in an activity with them. Uh-huh. And one of them told me, like, are you looking for a job? And I was like, "Um, yes, I'm planning to stay in here. And she told me, like, don't look anymore. Yeah. You're going to stay with us. And I was like, Whoa. I was like the best thing because yeah. it's doing what I work every day for, for justice, you know. Exactly. And it was also working for things that that also affect me as a black woman Mm -hmm. as a black Mm afro-latina as a a black afro-latina living in a poor community Mm -hmm. so it was like always connecting you know it's connecting for what i what i want to do
0: and everything falls in place at like the perfect timing when your spirit needs a new start if you need a new job like we have to grow we have to meet new people we have different talents so for you to leave and then come back like right at the perfect timing and then just get this great job with, you know, a community that you've been participating in that's important. Um, Not only just, like, one being in the balance but also like being able to be there for them so can you tell us a little bit more about colectivo we
1: we normally do like some workshops about um racism about uh healthy uh, racial identity because in puerto rico there's like a lot of people that says that oh we're mixed right. we're Spanish, we're um indigenous and we are black but when you go to the census in said. 2000 um, 80% of the people In Puerto Rico Says that they were um, White mm-hmm. Without any mix Yeah And only a 10% Says that they were black And that's not true right, you So see
0: it's like
1: Exactly like, And that It's like a mantra mm-hmm. People say like No we're mixed We're mixed But mixed when Right You know like when, when it's, it's when it, it, when it convenient Exactly uh-huh. And people always, always saying like Oh you gotta do your hair When they, when they see you With your curly hair For right. example Or you don't look professional Or are you going outside like that? And I was like, I was born like that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Did did people have these statements when you were in Philadelphia? Did they say these things? Together? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that was a ch- another shocking situation because I, I was working with a lot of Latino people, okay. and uh, most of the Puerto Ricans are Puerto Ricans that migrate over there in the 30s or 40s, right. so they're like second generation, right. and and uh, they always like. Um, asking me where you're from mm-hmm. and I was like I'm Puerto Rican and they were like you don't look like a Puerto Rican and you don't seem to be Puerto Rican I was like what, what? do I look like what do I look like and I was like like you're black and you look like Dominican or Cuban but you don't look and I was like do you took the history class like
0: oh my God. social studies class I
1: mean this is it's just elementary school You know uh-huh. And um, It was like shocking That the most people That asked me about that Was the The Puerto Ricans
0: Right Right How was that experience Then for you Because I know it's interesting To like Or not even interesting, It's fucking challenging Right To yeah. get kind of Racial experiences And like stereotype from your own people so how did you handle that being afro latina and then dealing with different racism I guess and now,
1: now you're saying that it's like it's challenging because you're being stereotyped by your by your own people but you're also being stereotyped by black people over there mm. because okay. I mean you don't you don't seems to fit into a lot of people Puerto Rican people but but not into the black people neither
0: yeah so so the same thing is like you're not yeah black. it's you're crazy I, it's over like, there What?
1: And it was like, oh, what should I do? And I was, I was like, every, everyone over there, like, you're beautiful. Like, um, your, your hair is beautiful. You're, like, more Indian. And I was like, no, I'm black.
0: Right. It's crazy because I remember as a child, like, they romanticized being a, like, Indian, right? Yeah. Um, and it, I've always, like, been obsessed with, like, the Latino culture. culture, Latino culture. And for being an African American and saying that people be like, but you're black and I'm like and I I didn't know I didn't know this at the time because Unfortunately, like, Telemundo, División, they didn't really have black people on the TV. Yep. So, I didn't see that. I just knew, like, there was a Dominican boy in my school. And I'm like, well, he's black, so we exist. Yeah. And so, that's why I think it's beautiful in my travels when I come to, like, different Spanish-speaking countries and see us. Because I'm like, I knew it,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's that's what I was about to, to, to tell you. Because, I mean, I, I was doing some workshops over there. When we start talking about that, it was like, all oh, the thing. Like, they don't believe that I'm Dunbarin. Latin. Mm. They don't be, and and then when I'm talking with the people that is supposed to be like me, they don't believe that I'm over there because I'm i darker, you know, mm-hmm. or I have my my hair like that. And I, I think I think it's kind of tricky because people people um, forget that they don't they don't born with their relaxing under hair, <laughs> <you> know, for <laughs> yeah. example. And it's crazy because I mean, we we've been taught to kind of hate. How we look since we were born. Mm. We we I mean I was using relaxer in my hair since I was four.
0: Yeah, it was just a terrible thing because your hair just thinks that like, it's not healthy, but. Because we romanticize these American and these like you know white yeah. standards, we think that it's okay, and so it's actually damaging. Because now, or not damaging, but it's a, it, it's a part of the process. Because now it, it, gets, we're in your, it gets
1: in your conscience, anyway. exactly.
0: Yeah. And now that we're older and we're trying to like decolonize ourselves and like come back to our roots, it's like okay, well, how do I become natural? Because like I had to go like literally stop the perm, like do the big chop, yeah. and then do the afro, and finally start yes, over. You know, like you, like up. you, like you were born again. Exactly, and so that's why. I feel like well I don't I can't say that but that's what I've been able to see in Puerto Rico because when I came in 2013 um for me I feel like that's when I started noticing a lot of people embracing like their hair and their skin and being Afro-Latina and so for someone who's been here like throughout your whole life um how and what's happening in this Afro-Latina movement like what is the awakening like for you guys
1: um I mean I can talk
0: Oh, for yourself. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I should talk about myself. But um, the thing is that for me, I got the opportunity to have a family that, I mean, my mom always used a relaxer and they did it to me at at the age of four. But on the other hand, she was always telling me, like, you're black. Mm -hmm. And that's your name. You're Kimberly with the R. So you're going to say Kimberly because you're Caribbean, you know. And I mean, I have that mother. I have the mother that put me, like, in classes. Yeah. I have the mother that same like, hey, that's bomba, mm-hmm. and that's your culture. Right. I have a, I have a mother that use head wraps, for yeah, example. Exactly. And I know uh, the thing is that I I was blessed mm-hmm. because I mean there's like a lot of people that doesn't have that kind of, uh, of family of opportunity. You know, to to be with someone around that makes you love what you really are. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but I mean. Uh, I remember growing up with the bomba, with the salsa, you know, and that, You're a great that was...
0: great by the way. Thank like, you. As as just, thank like, you. killed it, y'all. Gotta
1: see <laughs> it. It's a Yeah, but I think that's something that I'm grateful for. Yeah. And I think that's for me And for example, when I was growing up I, I would like the Barbies mm-hmm. But I would say to my mom, hey, I just want the black one mm-hmm. I don't like the white Barbie Yeah. And I mean, that was in 1991, mm-hmm. 92 It was like almost impossible to find a black Barbie here in Puerto Rico And and you couldn't find the boyfriend Or mm-hmm. you couldn't find the kids in black So for my mom, every Christmas was like horrible mm-hmm. Because she couldn't find the China, Barbies that I like. Yeah.
0: But she and, tried And that's like That's the And
1: and she made it Because she always Find a way And she getting Hey that's your doll That's mm-hmm. the one You know And for, I'm grateful for that mm-hmm. And I mean For me When I was growing up I mean my mother Always taught me How to to respond how to answer mm. when someone told me something right and um, for me it was kind of <laughs>
0: yeah because i say this to my husband and i'm like oh my god our kids are going to be like crazy because yeah they're gonna be ready all the time because like they're gonna be challenged because obviously they're black but then like having to like deal with like a black mom and like all the other stereotypes like and so there's a lot of things that we're constantly discussing and realizing and it's just like wow like when we prepare our children Like what are you going to do And it's, so it's interesting And it's beautiful yeah. to see that But you need that reinforcement You need that encouragement Because for example Like I got made fun of For being African growing up My whole entire life But if it wasn't for my mother Constantly saying You're Liberian like first You're Liberian like first Before you're American you're, If something happens in this country You, you have a place to go to Yeah home, like, These people That's who, important You know what I'm saying Exactly we can reconnect
1: That's and, the part that I didn't know about you Really? So thank you for sharing have Yeah. You, really? Yeah. I mean I know you were like Liberian but I didn't know like you grew up in the United States yeah so I'm first
0: generation so like didn't like my first time in Liberia was when my grandmother passed so that was like another like whole another experience for me and my first time in Africa was through the department Um, (laughs) my mentor carries um, a group of students to Ghana every year but that was actually a great introduction um, to me because and that diaspora connection, where where you feel like, oh, I'm not this, but I'm not that, right? Yeah. And even when you go home, right, and you like, and I'm sure maybe Puerto Rican diaspora maybe feel like that when they come to Puerto Rico. They yeah. Spanish, yeah. right? There's a different, there's different um identity shocks that we have to like in, embrace. But oh. when we get those things, that allows us to reflect in like who I am. And so I think it's beautiful because. I'm able to say, I am Iberian, I am American, and I yes. do embrace and love the Puerto Rican culture, right? And I don't have to put one over the other. And I think the way the Western society has, like, created us is, like, no, you have to be black, or you yeah. have to be white, or you have yeah, to... Yeah, you Chinese. have to...
1: They have to put you on, like, a tag. Exactly. Like, you you're can't, just...
0: You can't just be, like, equal. It's not just, like, a hyphen, right? It's just, like, no, we're all connected, we're all... They
1: need one. to name you. Right. It's, like, a necessity. But, I mean one another shock for me it wasn't a shock but it was like an awakening for me um i was like um it was 2013-14 and um i remember i was working and my boss over there um i was like i always had my hair like that in the world because i was working with kids and teens and then it was i think it was christmas and i made my my hair straight for the christmas right and um I was doing, like, a a party or something like that. And he he saw me, and he told me, like, you look more professional like that. And I was like, what the fuck you said? Exactly. Like, what do you mean? Like, what about the work that I've been doing with the kids here? It doesn't... It doesn't matter to you uh-huh. because the way I look, my you know. Parents. And it was like I was. It was shocking for me, and it was like, oh, that's awful, exactly. you know. And then I, I started like to um, get together with the colectivo and this and that. And then I learned that I look professional both of them, exactly. and I was working in a government office. I mean, I had my high heels. I had, but I have my curly hair. But,
0: Exactly, I hate that they try to limit that because your hair is curly, it's not professional, like, yeah, because
1: it's snappy. No, get out of it's,
0: here, You're yeah. It's like you can't embrace all this body that I have, That's yeah. And I was
1: like, I, I was at the beginning, I was like getting you know quiet, you know, at the time they say something about my hair or how I look, but then I'll start like answering back, like, yeah. yes. And I like that. I like that way. Do you want to pay me the beauty salon? Yes. No. Do you maintain it right now? So shut the fuck it, up.
0: Exactly. And you have to check people because if not, yeah. they try to like, like, put power over you, and it's like, excuse me, this is my body, my right. This is who I am, and this is how I'm accepting it. Um,
1: and and you turn aggressive about that because it it's the thing that people just do, do, doesn't understand that. It's not right to make comments about other people. Right. Like, I don't go to work and talk about, you look like that, you look like that. Right. Because I don't care what you do with your body. So you right. should be respecting what I do with mine. Right. And, um, I mean, it's it's kind of hard because it's generational. Right. And it's generations and generations of saying the same thing. Yeah. And how you break that. Yeah. And you got to stop. You gotta start answering. Exactly. You, you can't be quiet no more because people, it's going to get... It's going to be conventional to to not respect you.
0: Exactly. And then it's going to be an easy target. Like, okay, yeah. well, I know to push your buttons. And when you nip it in the butt one time, yes. it's like, that's a lot of my job. They're like... Maybe, oh. maybe
1: they doesn't stop saying that, but they doesn't Say into your face. Exactly. And they learn to respect, exactly. like, don't say me shit. I mean, exactly. Because I'm you sorry. Have I'm... To. No, it's good. <laughs> no, no, <I'm>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, and I feel like one, as a black woman, and I, you know what I'm saying, you have to, like, put your foot down, you know, because it's, like, easy to be disrespected, you yes. know, and easy for people to think they can walk out, over you. Um, and for me, sometimes it's annoying because I hate to feel like I have to be, like, always yes. on guard, but I know, like, I need to be this way so that, and I learn how to be in certain spaces so that like you said when I do have my children how do they respond and act so that they don't feel like they're defense because yeah, it's all about the systematic way that we've been taught
1: but I think it's, co- I think it's okay to be tired of be answer of being on guard all the time I think it's co- okay to one day I don't want to work with that today I don't want to handle that today I'm going to let them think what they want you know and that's okay too because for me I've been doing this since 2014. I mean, trying to answer in people. But there are some days that I don't want to do that today. And anyways... Okay.
0: That's Yeah, and that's okay
1: to say, okay, mm-hmm. think whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Say whatever you want. I exactly. mean, I'm going to be as awesome as I am.
0: Exactly. And you just have to embrace that. How has that bond... How has sisterhood, you know, helped you and groomed you into this woman that you are now?
1: I think it's been like a long journey because over there... I have two or three people that I can call my mentors, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes like a little bit of humble to be humble mm-hmm. to let to let other people mentoring mm-hmm. of, of about something that it should be learned that you should be learning since you were born, so you should be humble to that, and you should be humble because sometimes there's a um, a lot of things that you can say or you can. Maybe you can listen about your mother saying that bad comment. Mm-hmm. And you, you know that's bad, but that's your mom. Right. You know, for example, or oh, that's your uncle or that's your, that's your grandma. Right. But, I mean, it's a lot of mentoring. I think that's one of the benefits of a sisterhood. Mm. And also to have someone that push you yeah. to do something better, to do, um, or to say that, hey, I'm here. I got your back. For me, with the women in Colectivo, it's love they're like my mothers my sisters my aunts they're like the people that when i feel down about something i can say like put it in the shot it was like 10 people over there and they were like i'm with you
0: yeah or you let need th- that support yeah
1: and that support and that's love and that's inspiration mm-hmm. and i think for me it's inspiration because i know what i'm doing today it's gonna put me in a position that maybe in in two, three, four, eight, ten years, I'm yeah. going to be mentoring someone.
0: Exactly.
1: And I, I think that's inspiration,
0: you know. Exactly.
1: And also, it's like, it's like a, a imagine like a pot. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of different people over there. You can learn something about everyone. Right. So, I think sisterhood is like all you need. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's, it's amazing. I'm like, I didn't grow up with sisters because I have brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've found sisters through my mentors yeah. through different groups that I've been able to meet you know and it's it's amazing you know I'm like a really like, introverted person but like I go out when I can and when I when I am able to reach out to these groups and these people it's a nice to have that um, encouragement because there are moments where you feel like you may want to give up or you, exactly. you feel like you're alone and they're like no girl or no sis I got you right yeah. and so it's, it's amazing
1: um, and it, I think it's a connection for forever because for example between you and me you, you and me, see each other like maybe once a year <laughs> yeah once or twice a year but every time we we met it's like uh, an it's like a hug yeah it's a conversation yeah. it's a connection mm-hmm. and i think that's something that we can do always when we have sisterhood yeah. i mean it doesn't matter the time
0: yeah and i think that's the beauty um in things and sometimes we feel pressured yeah sometimes like you said like you don't want to always have to defend yourself for being black. Like sometimes we need to take that self care. I don't want to show yeah. up today, you know. And and when you do show up, it's okay. And your sister is not going to hold you back for not being there. Like sometimes just showing up for yourself and being there for yourself is like the best thing. But once again, having these bonds and seeing these people who look like you, who mm-hmm. understand where you're coming from, right? It's a beautiful place, you know, whether you're here or you're traveling or like you're connected on like social media yeah and so to see how like you've been able to like start here, go back and just continue on this journey. I know it's gonna continue to be great for you. I know you're gonna continue to touch so many people's oh, lives. Thank you and many people are gonna continue to bless you. Um, you have a poem. to yes. share with us today with Audrey Lords. So I'm excited to hear. Yeah,
1: she's my favorite writer right now. <clears throat> it's been like maybe five years of love with her. She's one of my favorite writers because, I mean, she always talk about racism, age, class, black women, lesbian women, all that is intersectionalities. And I think that's important and it's relevant in 2019. The poem is called For Each of You. Be who you are and will be, learn to cherish. That boisterous black angel that drives you up one day and down another, protecting the place where your power rises, running like hot blood, from the same source as your pain. When you are hungry, learn to eat whatever sustains you until morning. But do not be misled by details simply because you live them. Do not let your head deny your hands any memory or of what passes through them, nor your eyes, nor your heart. Everything can be used except what is wasteful. You will need to remember this when you are accused of destruction. Even when they are dangerous, examine the heart of those machines you hate before you, is- before you discard them and never mourn the lack of their power, lest you be condemned to relieve them. If you do not learn to hate, you will never be lonely enough to love easily, nor will you always be brave, although it does not grow any easier. Do not pretend to convenient beliefs even when they are righteous. You will, be, you will never be able to defend your city while childing. Remember our sun? is not the most noteworthy star, only the nearest. Respect whatever your pain you bring back from your dreaming, but do not look for new gods in the sea nor in any part of a rainbow. Each time you love, love as deeply as if it were forever, only nothing is eternal. Speak proudly to your children, wherever you may find them. Tell them you are the offspring of slaves, and your mother was a princess in darkness.
0: I am crying. I'm just like, yeah. uh,
1: it was collecting while we were talking. Exactly.
0: It always is and it's so perfect. Oh my god. That was just like hitting the nail on the head of like everything. It's just like all the stories, all the feelings, all the lessons, you yeah. know. Yes.
1: For me the part that I learned to be alone, it was like my time over there. Like all oh, my family was here and I was a I was over there like alone.
0: Welcome to my life before I got married. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's typical, right?
0: But it's beautiful because, you know, though we think we're alone we're able to grow and connect and like be able yeah. to build and, and buy create. you what you have exactly and you build on a family so it works like we think we are but we're never alone like god always provides you know and in those balances in these absences there's always something to fill us right and so that's beautiful that's like a great point I'm, like super in my feelings right now <laughs> yeah thank you for sharing um shit <laughs> just like, yeah i mean i was i was
1: like that yeah. when i read i was like oh my god <laughs> but i didn't know it was going to connect with what we're talking here it always does so, and i
0: think that, that's just the beauty of these stories the beauty yeah. of poetry it's just like always on time um kimberly how are you on your way
1: <clears throat> i think um i was always learning i'm always learning and i'm always saying that i i it's not like ambitious. Like I need more and more and more, and, and being greedy. It's like it's not only for me. It's for the next generations. Right. It's for my it's for my kids. It's for my grandkids. You know, and I think that that makes my way important, and that makes me responsible of my yeah. way.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I see Tell the people where can they connect with you Social media oh,
1: Yes I have a Facebook It says Kimberly Figueroa Calderon I have an Instagram It says The Way We Come The Way We Come I um You can do like Corrido I don't know I'll say. put it in the
0: description as well yeah.
1: <laughs> And um, you can find me as Colectivo Ile And Facebook too We have a, a group And we have an Instagram too, Colectivo Ile. We have also a website, www.colectivorayitahile.org. And you can also find me in revistaetnica.com.
0: Yes. Shout out to her. Show her love. Thank you for just coming. Thank you for having me. me. My pleasure. Um, This is Issa's way. Y'all be blessed.